What is up, Wine Crew Nation? This is Ray DeLucci with the Wine Crew Thoughts Podcast. Hope you all are doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show. And in this episode, I wanted to talk about something that I've talked about before. And I really, you know, I've been doing this for four and a half years. And I think there are a lot of core messages that I really enjoy talking about. A lot of things that I really think are important for people in the food industry to hear and people in my audience to hear. And understanding throughout the course of four and a half years that people drop off, people come back to listen. But this idea of not really caring what people think, because I think it's important to have some awareness, but not letting your movements, not letting your decisions, not letting your wants in your career or how you want to progress as a person be dictated by the fear of judgment. And also to realize that most people are so busy and unraveled in their own um, problems, day-to-day life, jobs, careers, that they aren't giving as much weight as you think they are. So I really wanted to talk about that in the first part of the solo episode. And then in the back half, a little bit shorter of a section, I do want to talk a little bit about time allocation. A lot of people ask me, you know, how do I do a podcast? How do I write and all that? And, you know, it's easier now not working 70 hours a week, but even back then I was still doing all of it. And I kind of want to give a breakdown of kind of what I, how I view time, how I view the ability to get things done and what that means for me. So that is what this episode will be will be about. It's a solo episode. Uh, before we get into this, just a friendly reminder that every Monday I put out the Line Cook Thoughts Prep List Items newsletter. This newsletter goes out every Monday with information that I've collected over the four years of doing this. I do a lot of, or recently I've done a lot of like look at staffing in the, in the restaurant industry compared to pre-pandemic levels. I've been, I think this week I'm sending out a little bit about um, a new activity I've started in my life and hopefully you all can uh, enjoy and just like relate to what I've been doing. Uh, also, I share this week, or I shared last week on some stretching videos. You know, I think a lot of us could do a little bit more stretching. I know random stuff, right? That's the newsletter. That's the information I send out. So if that all sounds, if that at all sounds interesting to you, go to linecomthoughts.com, put in your email and hit subscribe. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you have the ability to review. So please leave me a review for this podcast. Just want to say thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks for tuning into this week. Sorry for missing last week. It's been a crazy year so far. I can't believe we're already in June. It's just been going. Uh, my goal, though, to hit 52 episodes this year is still on pace. So let's keep it moving. And uh, here we go. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So when talking about the idea of not really caring what other people think or at, like moving in a way where that, that judgment isn't really affecting your decision making, I think it's really important for me to share like when I started out with Line Cook Thoughts that I suffered with it a lot. So when I started the page, when I started doing the Instagram content, it was very much like I was really not into sharing that I was doing it. Um, some of my good friends, Val, Kathleen, Cole, Rebecca, they knew that I was starting this project where... I was going to share about people in the food industry. And that was something that I was really passionate about. But for some reason, 
there was this like this like want for me to hide it. Like I did it and I was doing something that I was really happy and excited to do, but I wanted to hide it for whatever reason. And I remember like the first two weeks I was doing it, I, I, so I, you know, I set up the Lauren Click Thoughts Instagram and I didn't have my Instagram. I wasn't following it on my own page. Like I was never, I wasn't even following it because I didn't want anyone to have association with it, with me. I wanted to kind of just be like anonymous. And I remember like going through why I wanted that because eventually I started to say like, hey, I'm running this page and I want, um, you know, people to like follow it. And obviously I want people that are close to me to follow it and people that I know to follow it and give me their thoughts and participate because the whole point of Line Cook Thoughts is sharing people in the food world. And of course, a lot of my friends and people I know are in the food world. So as I started making it though, I was like, I don't know if I want to share it. And I realized that there was just, I was just, I don't want to say embarrassed, but there was just something about putting myself out there and doing something new that probably no one would think I would do. That was scary. That was hard. It was difficult. And I don't want to like, obviously there's much harder things in the world than creating an Instagram account. But I think that there are a lot of people in the industry, not just in food, but in, in life in general, but I'm going to keep it to food in this, get so caught up in the idea of I can't do something because I'm afraid others are going to judge me on it. It's a very valid thing to recognize and feel because I felt it and so many have felt it. And for me, I think starting Line Cook Thoughts was a really good lesson in the idea that I there are things in life that I have to pursue, that I want to go after, that I want to create, put myself forward in that are going to be challenging and that risk me failing in front of others. The risk of failing in front of other people is something that is terrifying. It's something that you don't want at first, you know? And so for me, starting out, Line Cook Thoughts, that was a big deal. And that was something that I was really worried about. Well, what if, what if no one follows it? What if people think it's stupid? What if it doesn't resonate? And the more I did it and the more people followed along, the more of you have shown that you like this content and this page and have stuck with me over the last four and a half years, I have proof now. I have proof not only for doing this, but for trying other things. And I think a lot of people in the food industry, we get so caught up in working for others and impressing others. And we're t we need to, like in the food, you need to work for someone and you need to show them you're competent and you need to show them that you're into what you're doing. And so therefore you can get promoted or get trusted with new projects and this or that. So we're always looking for the validation of others. And we're always looking for validation in work, in life, in relationships, and everything in between. And I think a lot of times, our, for people in food specifically, we overvalue validation in things we want to do that maybe others wouldn't expect us to do. In other words, we expect the same validation we get in like, cooking a good meal and like that validation of a chef telling you you're good. We expect that same validation for saying, Hey, I want to try this new project or I want to go out and venture into this new thing. We expect that someone's going to give us that validation as well. And oftentimes that doesn't exist. What it does exist is a fear that failing, that moving forward, that pushing forward, that doing the thing we want to do most will lead to judgment because we failed. And so for me, I think a big highlight and a big message that I wanted to come back to this podcast and a solo episode, because like I said, I feel like I've talked about this in the beginning. I haven't talked about, I've talked about it here and there. And I think how I live my life is 
and you know, I want to delineate real quick to say that you should care what people think about you. Like you should have a reputation. You should treat others fairly, kindly, with respect. Like you, like you can't go through life being a total ass. But when when we talk about not caring what people think, it's more so doing things that we know are going to fulfill ourselves and not worrying about judgment from other people, especially if we fail in front of them. Big difference in that. And like I said, in, in the food industry, you know, working in kitchens for the first seven years of my time in the food world, all it was was someone giving me direction or me trying to get the approval of someone above me or me trying to rank up and get the approval of the chef that I was working for or get a job and a chef tell me I was good. And like now, like I'm in a job and I like I'm still like well, everyone looks for that in their roles. But also with line cook thoughts, the only person that I have to get their approval from is myself. The only person that I have to like you know, one up or compete with is past Ray, right? And it's different, right? When you go and do things on your own and when you go and focus on things on your own. It was the same fear when I left restaurants to get into like food manufacturing. When COVID hit, I couldn't find a job and the answer was in front of me. Go find work in another part of the industry while restaurants are shut down. I had applied to so many restaurants, but in so many interviews, no one was hiring. No one, no one was hiring where I was at. There was these openings that were food adjacent or restaurant industry adjacent. And I had the experience to go get those. But I was like, oh, my gosh, if I leave restaurants, am I selling out? And, of course, I've done a lot of content on that. And I've shared, I've written for Plate Magazine. I've done a whole bunch of things uh, on the idea of selling out and how BS it is. But for myself, that was a big issue. I was worried. I was worried about trying something new and failing. I think a big part of why people who want to leave restaurants or try something new don't isn't because they're afraid of what other people... A lot of people say, oh, I'm afraid of looking like a salad. I'm afraid of the pride that I'll leave behind. I'm afraid of what could be left behind with my you know, coworkers. I think a lot of people are afraid of going and trying something new, not being good at it, failing, and then realizing that the only thing they might be good at is working in a kitchen. And I guarantee you, I've, n- I've never met one person by the way, that's, that's ever happened to you. I've talked with so many people on this podcast, so many people in real life, like, not the podcast is in real life, but you know what I mean. So many friends, so many acquaintances, so many people I've met through the page that left, did something else. It was hard at first. They learned it and they succeeded. And even if they weren't great at it at first, they had the grit and the determination to keep moving forward. The fear of others judging you And then the fear of yourself, the fear that you instill in yourself of not moving forward sucks. It's terrible. And that idea that, oh, I'm only going to be good at this. And then being afraid of being proven to that, which, again, you won't be just like you're not you're not just good at one thing. If you work in food, you, you, you have to realize how much you manage and how much you actually like work with and what skill sets you actually deploy in a day to day operation. But that idea that you're only good for one thing is so broken. It's not good. But we don't want to ever feel that. So we don't move forward, right? So that's like what I'm talking about here. Another big thing that I haven't really talked about, I don't think I've talked about too much in terms of this concept, the idea of sunk cost fallacy. The idea that leaving a restaurant job or leaving a job in general, uh, leaving behind a project, leaving behind something that served you before but hasn't served you now, is somehow a failure, is somehow you're losing, somehow you've lost. 
and that just isn't how life works. It's just not how cooking works, not how skills work. For me, I left restaurants uh, three years ago. You know, I've shared it on the podcast, shared it a lot of times on Instagram. And, of course, I would have not be able to hop on a line right now and compete with some of you listening. There's no shot. <laughs> There's no shot at all. I'd probably get crushed. I'd probably get crushed my first two months. Because, you know, when you work at something, when you work at repetition, when you work at being determined in what you do, that does matter. But if you put in time and you've put in energy into something and it's not working or not serving you anymore, you feel stuck or you're feeling you're in a rut, you're not growing. There's no like, oh, I've, I've wasted all this time or I've lost all this time. I really think that people in the food world aren't taught how to take the skills they gained in cooking and the skills they've gained in restaurants and deploy them elsewhere or at least manage how they per how they basically like tell like tell other people what they've done. The smallest things sometimes mean the biggest have the biggest outcomes for other jobs. Say you're a sous chef, people management. You know how many manager positions there are in the food industry space? Managing people is a skill that a lot of companies look for. And a sous chef might be thinking, oh, well, I just have cooked and I you know, might not have created all the recipes, so who's going to hire me? But you manage the team. You know, you know, as you know, for sous chefs, you're often managing a couple cooks or more than like a dozen cooks. It depends on where you cook, but that's all something you have skills with. You know, inventory, uh, prep lists, organization, planning, um, vendor communication, uh, interpersonal communication with others, being able to learn, being able to adapt. I've also, you know, you can go through the podcast, you can find guests that have gone into different realms, food media, food science, maybe food science might be the one exception to what I'm about to say. Um, but like other jobs or start their own thing and you can go like writing, you can go look at anyone on the podcast that m most of them have started in kitchens. Jasmine, the last podcast that was released from Chow, she's working for a chef focused mental health nonprofit. Like, so many people on this show, like, we have proof. It's not just me saying it. Although, you know, for me, like, I left restaurants to have a business degree from the CIA, went and have done other things in like food manufacturing, food development, worked for food tech, food startups. Like, I've done a bunch of stuff. But you go look at people in, in the guests from, the, from prior shows, go name any of them. They all started out in restaurants and did something different. They didn't have these extremely high-end degrees. They didn't have all these different like there weren't these barriers you know we we put up so many barriers on where we're going and what we're doing and where we want to be and how we want to maneuver but so many just on this show alone not let alone like people on Justin Connor's show or Chris Spears show or anyone else just went and did it they they took the skills they had and they found a way to maneuver into other positions that they wanted so fear fear being a huge thing that affects us Fear being something that, a fear of judgment, fear of ourselves judging ourselves, fear of failure, fear of not being able to do it. I think the biggest crime anyone can do for themselves in the food industry is not bet on themselves. Because if not you, then who's going to bet on yourself? I truly think that the more you bet on yourself and the more you bet on being able to succeed, the more things just happen for you. If you're the first thing, the first person, the first roadblock saying you're not going to make it, 
or you're not going to get to where you want to go, that's then it's over because a lot of times people just don't understand. You might not understand your vision. They might under, not understand what you're looking for. Like when I left restaurants, no, like not people in the food industry, like my family, my friends that don't cook. Oh, like, why don't you want to be in restaurants? Don't you want to be a famous chef? Like, no, I didn't. I don't. It's not what I want. They didn't understand that. And so for me, like leaving restaurants, I've always been supported, but they weren't like, you got to go like, leave restaurants and you got to find your own path and you got to get into these different things. Like I just had a bet on myself that I was going to find my way to what I loved in the food world, part being my cook thoughts. Because that wasn't the path for me. Now it's flipped. COVID hits. You want to be a chef. People are saying owning restaurants aren't a great financial venture. But if you know deep down in your heart of hearts that you want to be a chef, you're pushing forward. Everything shifts, everything moves, everything's refocused, and you keep betting on yourself. One of the most important pieces of advice I've gotten, and I don't want to say this um, to you in this way, but I was told this, is that you're not, this is, so I'll frame it. Whenever I do content, whenever I try something new, maybe I, maybe I had a meeting with someone or a podcast didn't feel like we vibe well. Maybe I overthink it. One of the best pieces of advice I've gotten from, from a mentor of mine he says, you're not nearly as important as you think you are to other people. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you're not an important person. It doesn't mean that you don't matter. But we often overestimate how much care people have for what we do. Of course, your core people, your family, your close friends, who you work for. Yes, they care. They should care. And you should care that they care. But Lion Cook Thoughts is probably like 0.1% of anyone's life listening right now. Right? Like, like be re- like honestly, like, don't, you won't hurt my feelings, but it's such a small percentage of what you focus on. If you're listening right now, this is like blimp in your day and then everything, like there's so whatever you're worried about right now, whatever you're excited about, whoever you're you know, engaged in conversation with today, all things that are going to happen. Such a small percentage. But for me on the other end, if I do a podcast and I feel like I don't hit my topic right, if I do an interview and I feel like I didn't represent the guest well enough, if I put out an Instagram post and I feel like it didn't resonate as much, I'm on this side thinking, oh my gosh, I suck. Like I'm a failure. My audience is going to think I'm so stupid, which some of you might. I don't know. I haven't asked. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is we, all of our, you know, we only have our perspective. But if you were to think realistically on what you were doing and how it affected others, it does. it's not like the weight is not nearly the same. And this ties back into not worrying about people judging you and failing. Most people aren't going to care. So if you go out and you try a new job and it doesn't work out, if you try a new venture, try launching something new with food media, try taking a class and it just find it's not for you and you have to go do something else, no one's going to care. Like most people will not care. And people that do talk negative about it probably don't have much going on in their lives anyway. So it's like, like that's just the reality of it. So many things I've done. Like today, I'll give you a perfect example. So I'm working with this. Uh, I'm, I've really been interested in AI. It's been on the back burner. I've worked with ChatGPT, but I wanted to try this thing called MidJourney. Basically, you put a prompt into the... Uh, you go into Discord, you have to sign up for MidJourney, it's like 10 bucks a month, and then you give it prompts and it gives you AI-generated images. I'm sure you've seen some of them around. And I've seen some other chef uh, content creators doing them. 
And so I wanted to do one about, basically I wanted to find a representation that AI could show of what a chef has in their mind. And so if I'm recording this on June uh, 4th, um, and so for me, the post today was on June 4th, and basically the post was all about this. It's a chef, and he looks like very like stressed. This is what the AI generated. Looks very stressed, in front of a bowl of food. It looks like he's kind of working on something. But behind them is this explosion of colors and these shapes and different things. Um, I'm going to show it on the camera now, but then also if you go look on uh, my Instagram, you'll see it too. And I just thought it was such a cool representation. Like, I know I feel this way. There's so much up here that I wish I could put out there and only like probably 10% gets out. And that that's what that photo meant to me. But then I was like, well, am I going to share this like AI generated photo? Is anyone going to care? Is this kind of weird? Am I like over glorifying thoughts and all these different things? And like, I just had this moment of like, am I really going to post this? Like, does anyone really give a shit? And I posted it. It's gotten 132 likes, a couple comments. I think a couple people shared their story. I got a couple messages about how much people liked it. And there you go. It's like, that's what it's all about. So for me, it's like, yeah, that, you'll never know. You never know what's going to resonate. You never know what people will connect with. I've learned this in content creation. I never know what people are going to connect with. I have an idea. I've shared things that I was so proud of and I thought we were going to do so well and just pff, done. Other things where I was like, eh, maybe people will not resonate with it. Maybe they will. Blows up. The biggest thing, though, is doing it and not, not worrying that if it does fail, people are going to judge you. And so I think that's like the biggest thing for me and for this conversation. Fear of judgment sucks. Fear of your own judgment is terrible. Before we go into time allocation really quick, or how I view getting things done, I wanted to share my favorite quote. I've shared it on the podcast before, but I do think it's so impactful and it's something that I always will continue to share because it's something that has really um, shaped how I view life. And this was shared to me by Justin Kana, who I had the pleasure of having a lunch with in Chicago a few weeks ago. So shout out Justin. This is by Theodore Roosevelt. And it's called The Man in the Arena. I'm sure if you listen to the show, you've heard it. But if you're new, I want to share it one more time. Here's the quote. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself on a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Man, how to end a quote. It's crazy. It's my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes. That or memento mori, or morfati, memento mori meaning remember death. Obviously, that, you know, life is short. Morfati, love of fate. But uh, those are like the three core ones for me. So really quick into time allocation. I shared this earlier. I read a book um, called 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals. I'll share it in the description below. Very impactful book. And I shared it on a podcast a few months ago. And I've been utilizing it 
over the last few months. And I've honestly been more productive than ever. And it's not like a time hack and there's not like a schedule I can give you, but just the idea that you're not always going to get everything done. I'll give you an example. Today, I had a whole list of things to do. I had a bunch of freelance projects to do. I had content creation to do. This podcast I had to record. And one of the things I wanted to do was write a blog post because I haven't written one in a while. Why? Because a lot of my writing that I do is for other people. I do a lot. I have a, lot, a good amount of freelance clients. I like to do a lot of freelance work on the side. I like to write for other people and enjoy it, getting different topics and whatnot. But for, I haven't written a blog post in forever. And today I was like stressing out that I'm not going to get to it because I'm probably not. I still have a lot to do. Reading back to that book, though, we're not going to always be able to get to everything that we want to do. And there's also um, this idea that you list out like the most important things you want to achieve. And then you take like the first one or two and then you cross off the next three or four and you never touch those. The idea of focus, the idea of time management, how I approach things now is very much is I definitely prioritize what needs to extremely needs to get done. And then I have the things that I know that if I do them, they're going to benefit me. And there's the things, the things that are nice that I'd like to get done and just understanding that I'm not going to get to those. And maybe someday I will, maybe I have an extra hour during a day and I'll get to that. But I think the acceptance of realizing that we live in a 24 hour period, especially if you live, if you work in restaurants, I remember when I was in restaurants managing them, there's so much I wanted to do with line cook thoughts, and I was lucky to get a podcast out every week to week and a half. There were time periods where I didn't get a podcast out for like two months. I started line cook thoughts like six months before I started to become a kitchen manager, and like just my schedule was insane. And now I'm busy, and I don't even know how I did it back then. So for me, I think the biggest thing is a relentless focus on what ex- what extremely needs to get done. Your job, you know, important things within your life. And then moving into something different, moving into things that are nice. I very much look at my time now in blocks. I think to-do lists are really, really important for myself. I, if you're like me, like my mind goes a mile a minute. There's so much going on and I often forget things. So every day I start out with a to-do list. I write, I have a phone in my app called Todoist. I write a to-do list and I focus on that and I try to knock out everything on that list. And a big thing for to-do lists don't make them too long. Put on what you actually need to get done. Have things in your mind that maybe you want to do, but put the things in that need to get done that are important and that you want need to complete. Save the stuff. This is what I do. I don't put anything in there that like is like, oh, I'd like to do this. Like today, I would like to go fishing later. Am I going to get to it? I don't know. I'm not putting that on my to-do list. That's not something I need to do. It's something I'd like to do. Another thing with time is we... I think that a lot of times I get into this trap of I have so much to do and it feels like there's so much that I def- that I recognize that it's going to take a lot of work, but I underestimate how efficient I can be at work. And so what I'll do is I'll set myself like blocks of time, an hour, two hours, and I'll focus in on that for like that hour. And you'd be surprised at how much you can get done in a really efficient two, one to two hour block. So for me, blocking time, to-do lists, making sure I'm in a good spot. And the last thing I want to talk about time and just getting things done, I recently heard this idea that, you know, motivation, like relying on motivation to do things is like the worst thing you could possibly do. What do I mean? We feel motivated in certain areas, but we'll never feel motivated if we're tired. We'll never feel motivated if we're like, you know, working a lot. We'll never feel motivated if we have something else we're interested in. 
where you start to get like good at things is when you're disciplined. Having the discipline to set 15 minutes a day to read a book. Having the discipline to set 20 minutes a day to write something. 20 minutes to exercise. 20 minutes, like having the discipline to show up. You know, one of my favorite authors, Stephen Pressfield, he often says like the hardest thing about writing isn't about what, you know, the, the actual act of writing, but actually sitting down and giving yourself the space to do it. Having the discipline to put yourself in those situations to do the things that you want to do, that you're meant to do, that life is guiding you towards. And so for me, that has been the last biggest thing for time management is giving myself, making myself sit down and just 20 minutes, dude, you don't want to do it right now. Just get going on it. And then sooner, like, and then you're already in it and then you're already done, right? This podcast all day, I was like, I was working on stuff all day and I was like, Ugh. like, you know, for me getting in front of a camera now, it's like, Ugh, not really my favorite thing. Just start to start recording. Here we are. We're near the end. And I've loved, and I've enjoyed it. This is why I like doing it. This is why I'm almost at 200 episodes. But even now, it's just like putting myself in that realm to do things. So that's how I manage time. Those are my thoughts on the judgment of others. And yeah, this has been a solo episode. I think a lot of the solo episodes recently have been more like tools and ideas for food. This is a more of a philosophical slash, I guess there's tools at the end. I like to mix up my solos, but... I've had a, the reason I will say the reason I brought up the um, judgment is I've talked to some people on the Instagram that have shared that they want to start some projects, but they're not sure when they should start, not sure what people think. And like, man, I hear it everywhere. The only advice just start. Like, you hear that and you're like, okay, I got to get a podcast mic in and this and that. Just start. Like, there's no better advice. There's no other thing to, do, to say than just start. So. Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this and would love to hear your thoughts. This has been the Line Cook Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Ray DeLucci, and thank you for tuning in to another episode, episode 198. We're close to 200. Thank you all so much for listening this week. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. An honest review is what I ask for. It helps me get better. lets me know what you think of the show. Also, if you would like to subscribe to the Prep List Items newsletter that goes out every Monday morning, go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email, and hit subscribe. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you on the next Linecook Thoughts podcast.